Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma. Welcome in, brother, man. It's been so long. Man, I've, uh, I've, I've missed hearing this music. To, to me, this is the equivalent of back in the Attitude Era for the WWE when Triple H was sidelined for like, what was it? six months five months with a torn quad and then he comes back out and he had probably the biggest pop in the history of wwe when you know motorhead time to play the game comes on when you did that intro and then you hit me with the puma i was like this is it this is this is my (laughs) triple h moment i'm gonna walk out you know motorhead's coming on i'm I'm about to go get a bottle of water and just do the triple h move and blow mist up in in the in the in the recording studio i'm I'm excited you're the talent you're you know you know how vince mcmahon elevates the talent he made stone cold steve austin he made the rock that's who you are brother you're the talent of the show so i've got to come in with a hard intro for you you know i i love it i love it (laughs) i love it it's been five months since our last last podcast which is uh march 23rd uh, we took a long time off. Uh, I think it's the f- most time we've taken off since we started the podcast, correct? Yep, pretty much. It was, pretty much. It was nice, though. We had a lot of stuff going on, you know what I'm saying? And obviously, you've got a lot of stuff going on with uh, with the upcoming wedding here. So it was a nice uh, it was a nice break, but we're rejuvenated. We're, rejuvenated, we're ready for the NFL season. Um, and a lot happened in the offseason, Puma. But the one thing that I want to focus on before we talk some football, I really want to talk about the biggest thing that's happened in my lifetime in the past couple of weeks, and that's uh, Vince McMahon is getting the boot from WWE. I know wow. me and you are big fans of Vince McMahon, right? We love me, we love us some Vince McMahon. And when yep. I saw he got booted out of the WWE, bro, that hurt. I'm not gonna lie to you, that hurt. I've been through, I've been through some 20 CLs, Puma. I've been through some uh, girl stuff. Obviously, you know what I'm saying. In the past, we all have relationships that go sour. But this hurt like no other Puma. This was hard, you know. Even the even if I'd bike it in like my with my ACL surgery, I still would have felt this pain. Wow, wow. I mean, I'll say this much though: it, it wasn't like it was a power struggle. He, he had some skeletons in the closet to yeah. the tune of like sixteen million dollars. Yeah, but, but it does hurt. But but let's be real though. Like what? What's so bad about that? Half, it, most oh of it, boy! Most of it is his company, right? Did he did he pull a Deshaun Watson? No, you know what I'm saying. First episode back in five months, and we're already gonna get canceled. I love this, Jay. This is gonna be the short. Right, this is gonna be the shortest right, pod okay. ever. All right, I'll stay away from that. I just just let nah. you know it hurts. It hurts watching. It's fine. Well, speaking of wrestling, real quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to kind of get back into things. I would check out the the heat that's going on in AEW right now between CM Punk and Adam Page and pretty much everyone in the locker room. There's, I'm not going to waste any time on the podcast with this, but just just YouTube CM Punk, you know, press conference or CM Punk Adam Page, and you're going to find out it's it's been interesting in AEW. It's like the old days of wrestling. I may watch AEW tomorrow well, at the risk of sleeping on the couch. Puma, like I, I've thought about that in the past. I've thought about even going and watching some like current, you know, current WWE stuff. But I just feel weird as a thirty-year-old man watching wrestling. You know what I'm saying? It's it's something that happened in my past 
that I know wasn't real, but I look on it with with nostalgia, right? And and I don't think I can like go back to watching wrestling now, knowing what I know. You feel me? When you're a dumb kid, when you're eight years old, like oh my god, this is amazing! He just broke his back, and somehow he's still walking. That guy, <laughs> that guy somehow has a snake charm inside of his sock. I don't understand it, but I believe it. I can't do. I can't believe that now. So I, for me, I feel like the joy of it wouldn't be there. You understand? what I'm trying to get out here. Don't worry, I'll give you a full tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm ch- I'm checking it out. All I'm right. checking it out. Okay, All I'm right. checking it out. <laughs> now, now, last question before we move on: Can you gamble on wrestling? <laughs> no, you can't. Ah, uh, because it's predetermined. Uh, yeah, it's already predetermined, and I may or may not have also checked my sports book as well too. And no, it's confirmed. You cannot bet on wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so Thursday night, the NFL season kicks off. The Buffalo Bills travel to L.A. to take on these defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Super big matchup. I love that the fact that this is the first game of the season because this could potentially be a Super Bowl matchup, right? Um, so let me turn over to you real quick. I will break it down from all angles. We'll turn. We'll break down the Bills side, the Rams side, all of it. But let me get your initial thoughts on the game and what you think you'll see out of the Bills on Thursday night. I mean, this is going to be a great game, and, and like you said, Jay, this is what pretty much every sports book, every pundit, every every fan has as a possible Super Bowl matchup in the Buffalo Bills and the Rams. And you know, just to be completely candid, I think if you know we rewind the clock and let's say you know the uh, the Bills hold on for 13 seconds against the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, Cincinnati has to go up to Buffalo, I believe, to play in you know you know the playoff game. I think Buffalo wins. They they steamroll. They go to the the Super Bowl, and I, I think it would have been a a lot closer matchup between the Rams and the Bills last year. But getting to this year, hell of a matchup. The the schedule makers did it absolutely right. You know, I, I think Josh Allen is going to pick up right where he left off. Um, you know, Gabe Davis had that coming out party per se last year, and I think that's just going to continue. Um, Isaiah McKenzie looks to fill the. Um, the uh, the slot receiver role that was vacated by Cole Beasley in free agency, but for me, Jay, the, the big question mark in this game it's not the offensive side of the fall the ball, even though there's a new offensive coordinator in Ken Dorsey, right? So you know, gone is Brian Dayball. We're now going to see what life is like with Ken Dorsey calling the offense. My question is on the defensive side of the football, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. specifically the cornerback position. Tredavious with White. you know, mm-hmm. with Tre'Davious White, he's been he got put on the uh, the, the uh, injured reserve list, so he's going to miss the first four weeks. He's still recovering from the knee injury. The the Bills took Kyir Elam in the first round of the of the NFL draft this year, but against this offense, you know, are you really going to have Kyir Alexander on Cooper Cup? and see and hope and pray it works out? Or are you going to put him on that big body in Allen Robinson? So that is kind of what I want to see going on on the defensive side of the football. It's really just the secondary. I mean, you know, Jordan Poyer, Mike, they're looking like they're going to be playing. Um, You know, the front front seven, in my opinion, just got solidified with Von Miller uh, signing in free agency. I think we're going to see a big jump out of Ed Oliver this year, season long. But um, that's my big question mark in the game is the Buffalo Bills defense and the secondary. What is it going to be like without Tredavious White out there? What, what, what do you think, Chief? Well, that was that was my like key matchup as well. Is It's one of my notes is how do you stop Cooper Cup, right? With White being hurt, it's going to be a 
multifaceted, you know, game plan to try to stop Cooper Cup because you can't just stick one guy on him. I think he's at that level of elite, like, wide receiver play where you've got a game plan for him. You've got to roll, roll the coverage to him. You've got to bracket him. Whatever you got to do, whatever game plan they come up with, I'm confident in saying they probably will not go up mano-mano with, uh, with Cooper Cup. And if they can stop Cup, I think there's a good chance with them able to squeak out this win in, in L.A., on top of that, you've got the whole Matthew Stafford elbow thing. But before we get to mm-hmm. that, I, w- I really want to hit on the fact that when I was doing my prep for, for this show and I was looking over some of the Josh Allen numbers, I was kind of blown away by just how well he played the last six games of the season. And I'm going to rattle off some quick numbers, and it's kind of eye-popping. So the last six starts, he's 5-1 and one with the one loss being in, in Arrowhead, right? The total yards per game, this is passing and rushing, 314. Touchdown, 17 touchdowns in six starts, four interceptions, and a passer rating of 101.8. And all of that, I bring that up is because I think Josh Allen, he already took this like, you know, next level step last year, but I think he's got to have that that consistency throughout the whole year. He can't come out Fisher like he did last year. Remember that first game against the Steelers? We're all like, what the hell is Josh doing? Like, what are the, mm. what are the Bills doing? And if they, the, the whole reason why Kansas City was playing, uh, the Bills were playing Kansas City in Kansas City was because of those games they would drop against the Jags or they'll have this off week against the Steelers. All that Fisher, they, they've got to eliminate that. If they want to be a truly elite team, a truly great team, you've got to be able to go from week one to week 17 be consistent. And that's, generally speaking, what's both teams are yeah you'll occasionally have those crescendos at the end of the year but for the most part there's a backbone to most Super Bowl champion teams that are great from from week one that lasts for the rest of the season now the one thing I do want to see is I want to see if Gabe Davis can also keep up his high level of play obviously we know Stefan Diggs is the number one right receiver and you know obviously Josh Allen is who he is but I want to see if Gabe Davis can pick up from where he left off against the Chiefs and if that's the case, and they have that stellar like one-two punch with Diggs and Gabe Davis, oh my dude, that, that would be absolutely insane. How would you be able to stop that? It'd be it'd be almost impossible. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm leaning with the Bills right now just because simply I, I've become a huge Josh Allen fan. We talk about this all the time. I used to be his biggest critic. As a Patriots fan, year one, watching him throw balls in the dirt, I'm laughing at him. I've come full circle around. I've seen the light. The guy's an elite player. The only player I would take right now as a quarterback over Josh Allen is Tom Brady, and that's obviously because he's a GOAT. But at the moment, I'm leaning towards the uh, the Bills 27, Rams 24. Now, let's get to the Rams real quick. I want to talk about, um, you know, obviously Matthew Stafford. We've heard a lot about this elbow in the offseason. What's going on with that? Is that something to be concerned about? Does it seem like it's one of those Tommy John baseball injuries almost to you? That's what it sounded like to me, uh, especially in the offseason when they said he had surgery. And they, it was kind of funny. Like, they, they kind of hinted that it was Tommy John without coming out saying it was Tommy John. And then, like, as training camp got, you know came around, it was like, oh, it's just elbow tendonitis. Mm-hmm. You know, watching, you know, some of the, the L.A. beat reporters and, you know, following some of these guys on Twitter – it sounds like this is going to be a season-long mm. thing that the Rams are going to have to manage. And the best way for the Rams to manage this is to take the heat off of him by having a run game. But the problem is, you know, two-thirds of the running back uh, room has a history of getting soft tissue injuries or getting dinged up all the time in Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. It sounds like those two guys are going to be a go in this game. I mean, we saw last season 
this is probably going to take a change with Von Miller being up front. But there have been times where the Bills have been gashed on the ground. And I would always say in you know our run-up for game previews with the Bills, if Star Lutele is in the lineup, there's a good chance it's going to you know help stop the run game. Well, Star Lutelele is not on this team anymore. They let him walk in free agency. So they're going to have to... You know they're going to have to establish the run against the Buffalo Bills. I think there's I think they're going to have their opportunities to do so. And also we know what Sean McVay is going to do with getting some of these wideouts in the run game as well too, with jet sweeps and whatnot. But to preserve that elbow for the long term, you're going to have to establish a run game. I think we're going to see that this week with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. Um, so that's that's my take on the whole Stafford situation. Me personally, I'm still hesitant on Stafford, you know, as the season goes. Like, yeah, week one, it's fine. Like, we're going to have the fireworks going. You're probably going to see probably combined 60, 65 points in this game. But, you know, let's manage the bullets at the same time, too. We don't want to ding up our quarterback here. But that's that's my big takeaway on the Stafford injury. Yeah, and I think you make a good point. I think overall the Rams are going to be able to move the ball um, efficiently against the Bills. And I know the Bills last year had a very highly ranked uh, defense. I was, I think it was like number one in, in all stats, right? All categories. But I think once you start looking deeper behind the numbers, you'll realize the Bills, are, the Bills defense can be had. Of those 11 wins they had last year in the regular season, nine came against the likes of like the Mac Jones of the world, the Tua's of the world, um, Trevor Simeon, the Jets quarterbacks. Like a lot of those wins that you look at, those nine wins out of 11, we're against subpar quarterbacks, and I do believe Matthew Stafford is going to be able to have a field day. I truly believe that. Obviously, if his if his health is an issue and his arm can't you know function the way it should be functioned, then that's a different story. But on the other side of it, I want to see who Ramsey matches up against because you know convention says it's going to be Stephon Diggs, right? But I think Ramsey might be better on Gabe Davis because they're both big-bodied players, right? Mm -hmm. You stick a Ramsey on a Gabe Davis, and then you can kind of figure out what you're going to do with Diggs, right? So I want to see what that looks like. And I think they're going to force Josh to go through like his progression. They're going to be like, all right, we're going to take away one and two. Let's see if you can get to three, four, five, right? Um, so that's going to be interesting. And then I really want to see. This is, this is what I'm really looking forward to. I want to see if Aaron Donald can actually tackle Josh Allen. Because I, oh, I, I, yes. I believe Josh Allen can... I think he can take him off. I think he can like throw him off and then run for like five yards. I believe mm -hmm. Josh Allen is that big and that athletic that even Aaron Donald's gonna have a hard time taking him down. Well, hope, hopefully Aaron doesn't you know choke somebody out oh or try God, to swing at swing at but at Jeez, people. But get me started. you know we we can't say that about Aaron Donald. Donald. Oh, I don't know why I, like I say Donald when I say Aaron, but I can just say Donald if I don't put Aaron in front of it. It's a it's a Boston thing, but. Hopefully, keeps his hands to himself. He plays nice with others in a contact sport. We don't have a Miles Garrett situation, um, but no, I'm I am I am all here for that because you know we saw it in the playoff game last year. I mean, and you said it last year. There are just drives where Josh Allen just snatches mm -hmm. people's souls. Mm -hmm. Like that, mm -hmm. that is it. And you know, I want to see you know strength on strength, big body against big body. You know almost like generational talent per se. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I want to see Josh Allen go at it and go to and kind of see contact with Aaron, mm -hmm. with Aaron at this point. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of what I'm here for. I mean, in my game prediction for this one, Jay, I know you're, you're going with the bills. I'm leaning with the bills too. Uh, I mean, Vegas has the spread at two uh, with Buffalo Which as the crazy, favorite. By the way. Right. I mean, it, at points it was two and a half last, mm -hmm. and, you know, in the beginning of the season, it was a pick when it first came out. When uh, at least we're using DraftKings, the unofficial official sports book of the pod. I mean, this line has been moving all over the place, and this line is lines in general have been moving all day today. 
But right now, it's laying two against the Rams. The Rams are a home dog. The over-under is 52. I mean, I like the Rams in, in, a, in a squeaker. I think they're going to they're gonna win this. I think they're going to cover. Uh, but I, I like the over in this game. I think you're going to be getting like 30, 30, 27, something like that. I think we're going we're gonna to hit the over easily in this game. But give me the Buffalo Bills making a statement on the road against the Rams. And I kind of want to see how well Bill's Mafia is going to travel to L.A. Mm-hmm. You, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes, sir. So that's that's what I'm here for. Good point, good point. Um, yeah, man, uh, I can't say enough good things about Josh. I think he needs to win the MVP this year. I think uh, he – I hope he wins the Super Bowl this year. I even want him to win more than Justin Herbert at this point because, I mean, with Herbert, he's in a year like two or three. He's in year three, so he's still a baby in the NFL. I think Josh, he needs to really like supplant himself as that next great generation quarterback that's going to rival Patrick Mahomes for the next God knows how many years, you know? And, mm-hmm. and we've seen some great matchups from from these guys already. I mean, we I tell you what, I've seen shades of Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. I, I still I still argue 2007, Week 8, 8-0 Patriots, 8-0, 8-0 Colts was as good as a quarterbacking matchup I've ever seen, and it's going to take a lot for me to see, say otherwise, but seeing these two guys, Mahomes and Josh Allen, go at it kind of gives me that same fuzzy feeling deep in my, uh, my scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was going to go with the cockles of my heart, but that works too, Jay. That works too. Hey, I would say the heart wants the heart wants. In my case, it's a little nope. different. <laughs> okay. Well, different All strokes right. for different folks. All right. Okay, okay. All right. Let's move on. Um, now, I am going to try my best to not have this Patriots versus Dolphins segment go off the rails. Um, I'm going to be as uh, uh, unemotionally analytical as possible. So if, if I do start to get a little crazy, please rein me in. All right? We don't need a 45-minute no, rant it, I think it what makes much... the show. It's what makes the show great, Jay. Just let it rip. <laughs> well, first things first. Before we even get to that, I've, uh, I've adopted a new name for Bill Belichick. Last year, he was Bella Fraud. Um, I felt like that was fairly disrespectful, so I went ahead and I dropped that. Uh, this year, he's counterfeit Bill Belichick. How about that? I, I like that, huh? Are, are you going to change like your not your Twitter handle, but like the way it presents on Twitter to hashtag counterfeit Bill or, or what? I, I might, I might. You know what? Let me see how I feel after this Dolphins game. All right, if they okay. if they if they get bow raced and it's zero and one, then I I might. But listen. The Patriots left today, five days early for Miami. They left New England. They, they went down to Miami. And right off the bat, Puma, before we get to the analysis, have you ever seen anything like this? I've never seen anything like this where, besides the Super Bowl or like West Coast trips where you want to stay out there, I've never seen a two-hour flight demand five days on the ground. Like, I'm, this screams desperation to me like no other. What, what were your thoughts when you saw that? Five old days? What is that? I thought the same thing because, you know, like you said, I've seen this with Super Bowl stuff. I've seen this with, you know, like a a good example is, you know, the 49ers. When they come to the East Coast, they'll Mm -hmm. hang out in in Greenbrier, West Virginia. Like, okay, that makes sense because you're on the East Coast swing. Like, what next? You need need next five days to go down to fly, to go down and play the the Jets? Like, they're two hours. They're like an hour and a half away via flight. Like, what are we doing here? Yep. So, I mean, yeah, it's all under the guys. All right, we got to get acclimated for the weather. It's hot down in Florida. Well, you know, it probably also doesn't help you're like 9 and 19 or 9 or whatever against the Dolphins when you open up the season against them. But 
No, I mean, the whole offseason, though, Jay, I mean, it's been bizarre world, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, and that's just putting it charitably. So, like, this isn't really beyond, like, the pale of what we've seen all offseason with the mm-hmm. New England Patriots. I think it's probably, like, the more tamer of things of, oh, okay, they're really going down five days for a two-hour flight down to South Beach. All right. On the bingo card, that's probably something I didn't have, but it makes, like, you know, the most sense out of all the nonsense that's gone on in Foxborough. Well, I've already heard the, uh, oh, chestnut checkers, he's getting a leg off. Oh, my God, I want to shoot myself. But it's it's just, I there's, a lot has happened this offseason, like you said, Puma, with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge coming back to be on the offensive side. Um, you've obviously got, you know, the whole Mac Jones thing. There might be some buy-in questions in the locker room. Uh, there's a whole other firestorm with Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn that people don't even know about yet. That seems to be percolating. There's a lot happening with this New England team. And if we put all that BS aside for a second and just focus on the game, I do have key questions about which offense is going to come out against, uh, against, the, against the Dolphins, right? Because the offense they try to implement in, in the preseason so far, the new stretch run zone offense, has been a train wreck. I mean, every single person that's, that's you know, covering the team has said that that whole, like, endeavor to install that offense is basically some of the most worst football they've seen. Greg Bernard, who's, like, the biggest Belichick, you know, Bobo there is out there, even he's like, this might be the worst. This might be the worst practice I've seen an NFL team have. And then three weeks later, no, I take that back. This is the worst offense uh, I've seen in a practice in my NFL history covering. So there's a lot of questions. And as much as much of a problem I have with Bill Belichick, I don't think he's a complete like nincompoop. I do not have respect for him like most people do. So it doesn't it doesn't make sense that he's gonna take three weeks worth of preseason tape. And be like, yep, all that's working. Let's vote that week one. It doesn't make sense, right, Puma? Like, I'm just trying to think logically here. Where they're going to probably revert back to that office they had last year. I mean, that office last year, yes, it wasn't the greatest. But it definitely was serviceable enough to get you to 10 wins. And, you know, make yourself look useful in the NFL, right? So, my whole thing is, and this is why I'm leaning towards the Patriots winning this game. Is if you do come out with that old school offense from last year. If we do consensusly believe that Bill Belichick is better than uh, is Mike McDaniel, better than Mike McDaniel's in his first game coaching, and for the most part, the, the general consensus is that Mac Jones is better than Tua Tagovailoa, and I don't believe that, but a lot of people do. You have a lot going for you, so with all that being said, like I, I should expect the Patriots to win this game, right? Like I, I would feel confident if this was any other year, the Patriots going out and winning against the Dolphins, but at the moment, I'm barely leading there just because I hope Belichick. It's smart enough to go through the old offense when he comes back out. Look at Jay talking himself into but, the, but, but it's the Pats way. Logic, winning. though, right? I mean, there's, there's no way Puma, he's dumb enough to come out and run that but, offense, right? But Jay, has anything this offseason been done under the flag of logical thought? Like Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, who have never called plays in their entire life, are calling offensive plays. And just to go back to Greg Bedard, for people that don't know, like Greg Bedard also covered like the Green Bay Packers and the Miami Dolphins. And he was down in South Beach during like the Cam Cameron year when when he took over uh, for, for the Miami mm-hmm. Dolphins as a head coach. And and to say like the football up here is worse than the Cam Cameron season, Oof, that's pretty bad. That is saying that's something. And, it, and it's like, you know, you know, full disclosure, guys, like I haven't seen a whole lot of Pat's pregame because of where I live in Connecticut. It's not in like the, the region of, of games that they're going to cover. 
So like, like Jay, like I know it's been like a train wreck in practice. Like, have they even really tried to implement this? Or like every time come pre- like preseason game, they're just going with the old offense and they're just trying to implement the the new offense in 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 training camp. Because if that's the case, I, I find it really hard to believe that they're going to roll out this new offense unless, unless like, God forbid, like, they're up 30-10 to 10 against the Dolphins in the fourth quarter, and now they want to all of a sudden try the zone-running attack or the zone-running zone offense. Like, I, I just don't – like, talk to me. Has, has this well, happened in, in preseason games? Well, week one and week two of preseason, they played the Giants and the Panthers, and they ran the old offense, and they would sprinkle in plays, one or two plays per series here with the new offense, right, the new run-zone offense. And it would be a train wreck, so they'd go away from it. But week three, when they played the Raiders, they went full on, like, the new offense, and it was just a train wreck. It was so bad that the game plan going in was Mac Jones and the offense were going to play one series, get some good feels, and get off the field. They were in there until the middle of the second quarter because eventually, after four series of trash, they went back to some of the old stuff to try to get them feeling good and then pull them off the field. Like, it was, it was an absolute train wreck. And the worst part about it is... The defense they were playing against was the second teamers of the Raiders. That was the worst part. The, the mm-hmm. part that hurts the most is the fact that they're going up against backups and they still couldn't move the freaking ball, bro. Yeah, this is fine. This mm-hmm. is fine. So, I mean, I, again, unless New England is up like 30 to 10 in the fourth quarter with like five minutes to go. Like, I, I, I don't I, – I think they're going – Jay, I think they're going to have to do the old offense, which then gets to the point of – to the coaching staff. How then what the hell you? were yeah. you doing in training camp mm-hmm. wasting everybody's time? How like, far this behind was are a, you, right? A, yeah, this was an issue that didn't have to be an issue. And with all that being said, and I, I know, like, New England and everybody's like, oh, the, the build – you know, just do your job and stuff. Tune out the outside noise. I just don't see how the lights are going to come on week one and all of a sudden Trent Brown, Isaiah Wynn are going to be happy campers and Mac Jones is not going to be passive aggressive in press conferences and it's not having a meltdown on the sideline. I, I, I just don't, I don't see how this is going to work. Uh, you know, hope I think they're just going to lean on the run game a lot. Um, you know, I, nobody pass catcher wise really doesn't as a Dolphins fan doesn't, really scare me a whole lot. Like we didn't see anything out of John U. Smith last year. Hunter Henry was like the one bright spot in the free agency acquisitions. Like maybe he'll pick up where he left off, but nothing in this offense inspires confidence. And then on the defensive side of the football for the Pats, I know Jalen Mills, it sounds like has taken a step forward in training camp, but do you really want him on, do you really want him on Tyreek Hill? He took a step forward because he was playing the Giants and the Panthers wide receivers, he got ragdolled by Devontae Adams. He got ragdolled by Devontae Adams for three straight days, from what I understand. So do you do you want that guy on, you know, Tyreek Hill or, or Jalen Waddell? And, I mean, Jay, you, you tell me. who Out of that secondary, yeah. who do you think is going to take on Tyreek Hill? Well, and who's going to take on Jalen Waddell? Or are they just going to... Take try their best to take Tyreek Hill out of the game mm-hmm. and make Tua yep. beat them with Gasecki yep. and Waddle and, and Cedric Wilson. Spot on. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to look back at what uh, Bill Belichick has done against uh, Tyreek against uh, West of the Chiefs, and it was always all right. Well, we've got to do whatever we can 
to go ahead and take away Tyreek. Even when he had Stephon Gilmore, it still wasn't, you couldn't match him up one-on-one. So you had to always bracket him or roll the coverage or whatever you got to do to somehow double team him and take him away is probably what they're going to do. And they're going to roll with the punches. They're going to be like, all right, beat us with Gasicki, your running backs, and Jalen Waddle. So if you're a fantasy player and you got Jalen Waddle, I would definitely look to start him this week because Tyreek's probably going to be get taken uh, get taken out of the game. Um, by, by Belichick, and then it's going to be a, a, a whole uh, Jalen Waddle affair. But I want to get one quick point. I want to move on to the, the Dolphins side of this thing, and I want to get your input on the Dolphins. But the thing I want to talk about, Puma, that like really frustrates me is I, I don't recognize this team. Uh, I, the Patriots that we knew for 20 years were, were these very like stout, do your job, like you know get, get wins no matter what. At the end of the day, your personal feelings don't matter. It's a team and winning. Now you've got stuff coming out in New England about how there's no buy-in with the team, how Trent Brown is unhappy because at signing day, they told him he's going to play right tackle, but he's, he's playing left tackle now, so he wants more money. Isaiah Wonders is they're going to get traded. Mac Jones doesn't have some sort of buy-in. He had to be talked to. Kendrick Bourne is in the doghouse because he might be, be a negative effect on Mac Jones. On top of all that, Greg Bernard he said on the radio, they're... There were plays where it looked like Trent Brown and Isaiah one of the offensive line left players through just because they didn't want to block, just because they they were felt they felt like they were sticking it to the coaching staff. Like, what the hell is that? Like, all this stuff from the Patriot allure that we've known for 20 years has been thrown out the window. And now we're doing, like, cliche things to try to win a game by going down to Miami five days early. It's just, it's something that I don't understand how we got here. Um, I, I still cannot fathom that one person living in Brady has led to such a big alteration of philosophy in the Patriot organization, but it seems right now that Belichick's got a long way to climb this uh, this, this year, man. Uh, you can't say that, Jake, because then you're, you're, you know, you're spoiled. But, um, yeah, no, uh, you gotta, you know, all faith in Bill. Uh, I, I don't know, Jay. I mean, this is, this is going to be like a discussion for like mm-hmm. another podcast episode. Mm-hmm. But like, if they fall flat in their face, not like just to, like not just on Sunday, but like let's say like week two, week three, you know, we're week six, and they're barely treading water at five hundred, then it's going to be interesting to see what the reports are coming out of Foxborough because mm-hmm. you know now it's always like Tom galvanizing the team and being like, oh well, look what this press press you know press person is saying about us. You know, we're going to go on a fu revenge tour type of deal. I don't see that happening in the locker room. And, like, to pivot over to the Dolphins side of things. Please do. <laughs> I think this is probably the most excitement, not just for, like, me, but, like, for Dolphins fans in general, mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. had around the team and probably a solid decade and a half. Like, mm-hmm. 15, probably 20 years at that point. I mean, th- there's so much buzz. Like, they, they went all in getting Tyreek Hill. They, you know, they got Cedric Wilson, which, you know, we both agree last offseason – or, or the offseason this year on the last podcast episode, I should say, that that was a sneaky good free agency acquisition here. You know, we got the we got Raheem Morris, uh, you know, uh, Raheem Mostert, I should say. And then you have uh, Chase Edmonds. Like, they're going to implement kind of the run scheme that Kyle Shanahan wants to do, which is something that, you know, Bill Belichick is trying to copy, apparently. But the Dolphins have the players to do it. And I never thought I would li- live to see the day, Jay. But, like, I'm actually high on Tua Tungavailoa this season. He looks like he's put on some more muscle. He looks more mobile in you know in the pocket and rollouts. Maybe it's because he's had a longer recovery time from that hip injury when he came out of college. But he seems to be pushing the ball down the field more. 
And I know people are going to say, oh, he underthrew the 53-yard pass to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, well, there's also footage of Patrick Mahomes underthrowing Tyreek Hill, but we're just going to forget about that, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. don't care. It's We've seen what he looked like in college. You pointed this out to me a ton of look what he did in Alabama. He was pushing the ball down the field. I think we're going to see that more. I'm excited to see what he was going to do. The defensive side of the football, like I know Byron Jones has been dinged up. I don't, I, I got to double check. I don't remember if they put him on the pup list or not, but like Xavier Howard's going to be a go. And based on the reports of what the offensive line has looked like, I think for, uh, for New England, I should say, I think the defensive front for the Dolphins are going to be able to have their way a bit with, with the offensive line and make life uncomfortable for Mac Jones. And with all that being said, I'm taking the Dolphins, laying the three and a half points. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you have a sports book that is has the Dolphins at three, I would jump on that now because that line move, has moved from Dolphins laying two and a half two, three weeks ago to yesterday it was them laying three. This is now, as of recording tonight, has the Dolphins laying three and a half. Maybe this jumps to four as we get closer to kickoff with more money possibly coming in on on the Dolphins. But, like, they're laying three and a half. Jay, I've never seen a game where the where the Dolphins' money line is minus 180. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never mm-hmm. I've never seen that. The over-under is at four, 46 and a half. I feel like that sounds about right. I might take the under this game. But I, I like the Dolphins laying the three and a half to, to, uh, to win against the Pats. And it's one of my best bets. Well, it's, it'll be interesting to see on Sunday Puma because you'll have one team, right? That's gonna. You have the Patriots uh, that are installing the same offense, and the Miami Dolphins are installing the same offense as well. I want to ask you one question, and that is: Have you heard of any sort of like the offense isn't looking any good? Mike McDaniel's is having a hard time having these guys buy in. Have you heard anything? Because theoretically, you guys are installing a new offense as well, correct? Now, mm-hmm. you guys are installing a new offense with the guy that knows the offense very well and can teach it. We're installing it with two morons in, in Joe Judge and Pat, Matt Patricia that are printing plays off of, like, YouTube and, like, watching YouTube videos and trying to teach that to these players. So, like, I'm, I'm trying to get a feel for how it's going with the offense installation down in Miami with Mike Daniels. I mean, all honestly, it sounds like it's you know humming along. Like there hasn't been any real any issues. There hasn't been any any strife with people feeling a certain type of way. And I mean, you know, you can just look at the Twitter feed from you know Omar Kelly. He used to cover the Dolphins for the Sun Sentinel, but he's now moved on to doing the I Am Athlete podcast with you know Brandon Marshall and I think Lashawn McCoy is on there now. But long story being short, Omar Kelly has been one of like the more critical guys of the Dolphins during his entire tenure as a beat reporter for the for the Sun uh, Sun Herald, and he's been saying like training camp's been going going good. To his look like he's looked strong. He's really driving the ball you know down the field. You know uh, Armando Salaguera. He's uh, he covers uh, you know the NFL for Outkick now, but he was a South Beach reporter as well too. Like they they still got connections with the Dolphins, and it doesn't sound like there's been any major hiccups in trying to install the offense. Like yeah, there's going to be times where players are out of position and you know not knowing what their job is, but it has not been to the extent of what's going on in Foxborough. Well, isn't that just great? Congratulations, Puma. You've got a team installing a new offense. Here's a slow clap for you. Congratulations, Puma. And I think this is going to be the start of a wild card campaign for the Miami Dolphins. Because, I think, I think yeah, so. mm-hmm. 
in the offseason, yeah, I was saying, oh, man, we're going to the Super Bowl with Tyreek Hill. But, like, realistic-wise, this is a – like, my bar is at wild card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. That is that is where it should be for the Miami Dolphins this season. And I, I think we're going to see uh, a bit of a showcase against New England Patriots on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how you guys fare up against the Bills because I think you guys do have enough firepower now to take on the Buffalo Bills. That first Bills game you guys play, is it, uh, well, when do you guys play Buffalo at your home stadium down in Miami? Ooh, Let me look it up real quick. Because I feel like question. that's going to be the advantage for, for you guys, right? So, Finn schedule 2022. Uh, we play them week three. Oh, September 25th in, wow, week three in Miami. It's still going to be hot as hell down there. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would be an advantage for you guys. That'd be That's the game I'm going to circle because I want to see where you guys stack up. Wow, you guys got the Ravens week two, huh? Interesting. I mean, we got a pretty interesting schedule. You got the Ravens week two, Bills week three, on, you know, going on the road to Cincinnati. You got the Jets, Vikings, and Steelers. Like, it's it's a it's a pretty it's a, gonna be a little tough schedule, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. There's a little soft uh, middle there when you guys play. Jets, uh, Lions, Bears, Browns without Deshaun at that point, Texans. I think you guys can rattle off like four or five wins there in the middle there. It's all about making sure you guys tread water that first month of the season. And it looks like it's going to be, wow, we got Ravens, uh, Bills, and Bengals back to back to back. So that's going to be tough for you guys. Yep. It's fine. It's fine. We're built for this. We're (laughs) built. Nice, nice. All right, let's move on. Um, Raiders versus Chargers. Love this so much. AFC West showdown week one. They're like, you know what? Why make everybody wait for this showdown? Week one, Raiders, Chargers. Dude, I've been giving the little sis so much shit, dude. It is absolutely hilarious. She's a big-time Raiders fan. Uh, and there's points where she looked at me and she's like, I want to choke you so bad. <laughs> and also, Jay, you got to think of it this way. This is a rematch of, what was it, week uh, 16, 17? That's game of season. Uh, Winner gets where the if playoffs. they ended in a tie, mm-hmm. they both go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the Chargers decided to go for it when the Raiders kind of thought there was like a gentleman's agreement almost. Screw so. you, Brendan Staley. Screw you. So this is this is gonna be fun. It's in Los Angeles, and we know how the Raiders are gonna travel. So this is gonna. I mean, is it really gonna be a home game for the Chargers? Like, probably I, not. I don't know. Probably not. Raiders are gonna take over that stadium. But I, I'm listen. I really am looking forward to seeing if Brandon Staley is gonna come out there and coach like he's playing Madden. Like he's at some point you gotta be like, I get it. This is who I am. But you gotta tone some of that down, man. Like there's a reason why you guys didn't make the playoffs last year, and I I truly believe it's because of you and your dumb decisions. Because, yeah, we look at Game 17 against the Raiders last year. They lost that game, and they didn't make the playoffs. But there were weeks against the, the Chiefs, and there was weeks against, God, the, like the uh, three, four weeks before that. They, 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 the Ravens, just, they got their teeth exactly, kicked Exactly, right? They, so they like, were going for it on fourth and five oh in God. their own 30. I, and then, like, it just didn't pan out, and, and Baltimore just ran it down their throat. I, I, have, a, I have a feeling, and as much as, as much as I love Justin Herbert, I think for his career, he needs to get as far away from Brandon Staley as possible. And I think what might happen this year is, inevitably, they're probably, I think they're going to be fine, but if in the off chance they don't perform up to standard, up to snuff with that roster, I would not mind if Sean Payne would come in and take over this team. You put Sean Payne with Justin Herbert, could you imagine the fireworks on that end? 
Like, they already mm-hmm. got a built defense, right? They already got... They added uh, Khalil Mack this year. They added J.C. Jackson in free agency. Paired them up with Bosa and Derwin James and Ka- and Murray, the, the linebacker. Like, there, there's, there's a lot of talent on that defense, bro. And they can do some serious damage. It's just about the coaching. Like, that, like that roster in itself, the Bills, the 49ers, and the Chargers, top to bottom, have some of the best weapons and roster uh, in the NFL. Throw the Raiders in there as well. But you just you can't get in the way, man. Branson's got to understand he can't get in the way. So, in my dream scenario, I'd love for 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 Sean Payne to somehow get in, get in uh, in touch with uh, with Justin Herbert because if he did what he did with a small Drew Brees, could you imagine what Herbert could do with with Sean Payton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be something interesting to watch. And I was thinking the same thing too. It's like this roster is stacked. Like if they underperform this season, like how? Like I know we don't want to. Give people a quick hook, but yeah. you know so you can't waste it either. At the same time, especially with Herbert being on a rookie contract, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. getting to the game, um, you know the Raiders they they went out. I mean they they I hate to you know cast water on Rick Basaccia. What he did last you season? Mean, you was mean Focaccia bread? Off. Yeah, 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 you leave, you leave Rick alone, all right? <laughs> Rick, for what he did last season with the locker room turmoil with Gruden, with the Henry Ruggs, you know, I, I, situation is even like doing it justice. That how how bad that was with Henry Ruggs and the drunk driving and killing somebody, and then you know you you have the Damon Arnett situation with threatening people on Instagram videos, threatening to shoot people. How he kept that locker room together with Derek Carr. No and yeah, mm-hmm. sure, it was more Derek Carr than Basachi, but Basachi was like the even kill voice as a head coach that probably hasn't been in that building in, I don't know, like three or four years before then. Like, I, you know, they, they went out, they got Josh McDaniels, they have a GM uh, that also jumped ship uh, from New England, and they have an owner that just wants to step out of the way and is going to let these guys do their job and win games. And they went out, they went all in, they got Devontae Adams, they paired him up with his boy Derek Carr going back from college. You know, Hunter Renfro really took a step forward last year. You know, the, the real question in this game for me is going to be, you know, one, I guess the offensive line, but it was kind of addition by subtraction with getting rid of Alex Leatherwood. I mean, that was just such a bad pick mm-hmm. from the previous regime. Like, you know, at this point, anything is an upgrade over over him on that offensive line. But the Boses of the world and the Khalil Max of the world, you know, can still get after it on that offensive line. That's going to be something to watch. Like, how is this line going to protect Derek Carr and give him time to get down the field to Devontae Adams? And on top of that... You know, Darren Waller hasn't really practiced a whole lot yeah, in training camp this that? year. He, he so, fired his agent. He got he hired a new agent. Is he in a contract dispute? What's going on there? So, so it's it's not like a contract dispute per se, but like out of like the big four, big five tight ends in the NFL, like he was the first one to like get a you know air quote get paid after his like breakout season with uh, with the Raiders when they were still in Oakland. But I think that was more so because, like, one, he did he balled out. This is no disrespect to him. But I also think, you know, he wanted to do right by the Raiders because the Raiders were the first team that really gave him a shot, you know, on the redemption tour, per se. But now he's upper echelon tight end in the NFL. He wants to get paid. I want him to get paid. So I don't know if it was, like, a contract dispute. There was a hamstring issue that kind of gives me some pause. It's a soft tissue injury. I mean, we saw it last year during the Dallas game where he got hurt, and he really wasn't the same 
when he came back last year. So that's definitely something to watch. I mean, the defensive side of the football for the Raiders, I mean, you have Max Crosby, who to me is going to be a, you know, a, a big candidate for a defensive player of the year. I think he, you know, he definitely should have got a lot more votes than, you know, than what he did last year. You paired him with Chandler Jones, like those two getting after it. Uh, I'm excited to see what this defense is going to do. With all that being said, like the Raiders in this game on the road against the Chargers, I just I have no faith in Brandon Staley as a head coach for the, mm-hmm. for the for the for the Chargers, and I think they're going to show off the shiny new toy in Devontae Adams, and I think Derek Carr is going to you know going to air it out. So well, I'm excited for that. Well, yeah, and, and you know this is a big conversation actually this game, and I have the Chargers winning this, but I, I think Derek Carr. This is by far the best trio of weapons in the NFL. You've got Devontae Adams, who's the number one, who probably, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in the NFL. you got Hunter Renfro, who is probably second or third best slot receiver in the NFL. Waller is a top three tight end, and then Josh Jacobs is a very formidable running back. On top of that, you pair him up with one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. I know Josh McDaniel gets hated on for what he did in Denver and obviously the whole Indianapolis Colts thing. But to his core, he is a smart offensive mind. He can do quite a bit. So all those weapons around him and you've got Josh McDaniels, like he needs to win now or he never will. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I always, and this is not hate on Derek Carr. My sister always gets on me because she's such a big Carr and Raider fan. It's not that I hate on Derek Carr. It's just that I just don't think he, I just got this nagging feeling he's the worst quarterback in that division, and that's a tough place to be in, right? Obviously, at the end of the day, if Derek Carr was in the AFC South, he'd be probably, he'd be, a, he'd be the best quarterback in the division. But you're going up against Mahomes, Herbert, and Russell Wilson. Like, like, do we understand that he's one and seven against Mahomes? Like, you've got to beat him more consistently, and it starts with this year. Like, if you can't beat him now, I don't think you ever will. So that's my whole bigger spiel on Derek Carr and the Raiders. It all really comes down to him and his performance. He's got to take it to that next level and bring that team to the whole elite Super Bowl level. Yeah, I I can buy. I understand that. I mean, yeah, I, I think anyone that says Derek Carr is, you know, a, a, above Russell Wilson in the AFC West, you know, no offense, is just biased. I mean, if you had to rank it, it's Mahomes, it's Herbert, it's Wilson. It's Derek Carr, and honestly, I mean, we talked about in the you know the last podcast episode in the off season uh, in March. I mean, there's a good chance you could get three teams out of the AFC West. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is probably one of the best divisions in football this year on paper. So, I mean, that's no disrespect to Derek Carr. I think he's going to go out there and have something to prove, and he's him and Devontae Adams are going to uh, to potentially light it up around here. But I don't think he's going to go to the extent of. You know, he's just going to focus on Devontae Adams like, you know, a certain quarterback in Green Bay did. <laughs> I think he's going to he's going to give you the ball ball, ball around and, and get uh, get a lot of people involved. And I think that's that's what Josh McDaniels is going to want in that offense as well, too. But I like the Raiders here. I'm excited. You got the Chargers in this game. Hell Do you yeah, have any baby. more deeper thoughts for for the Bolts? Are they going to bolt up? Or? Yeah, I mean, listen. Um, yeah, I, I went on my little Sean Payne tangent there. But listen, they, they've got a stacked defense. I don't have any issue with their defense. I know they're going to play aggressive. It, it really just comes down to Brandon Steele. We've already hit on this, and I'm not going to go into it again. But 
Justin Herbert, from what I understand this offseason, has taken, he said it best, he said it's not football 101 anymore, it's football 202, because he's got that baseline of the offense. Last year, he was just, last couple of years, he was just trying to figure out, you know, who's where, where the play is going, where how do I attack this. Now it's building on that. Now it's adding inches to that playbook. So I really do expect him to really take a complete command of that team. Um, you've got some great weapons and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Those guys are great. Austin Eckler, who's going to be an absolute fantasy stud, is going to be a night. Is going to be a matchup nightmare for most people because he's so small and elusive. He gets out of the backfield. He's like James White catching out of the backfield. But he's big enough where he can still run through the tackles. So he's going to put up some crazy fancy numbers. I think for the most part, this team on paper, Puma has everything. Like I said earlier, their, their roster is just stacked top to bottom. It's one of the best. So it really just comes down to Brandon Staley. Like, put it this way, put it this way. If we had a, a, a not even like a Bill Belichick or Sean Payne, on, you know, managing this roster to be different, but like, even if you took somebody like, uh, God, who's that guy? And uh, like Nick Sirianni, who got his team to, got, who got a fairly okay medium level team to the playoffs last year, you stick him on, on, on this roster and he's not going for all those fourth downs. I think you're looking at a potential Super Bowl contender here. So, I just it really just comes down to making sure they're playing f- smart football and not just giving away dumb games, man. The, the, in the NFL, it's so hard to win, and you can't just give away dumb games like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll, I agree. So we'll see how that pans out, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they how they attack uh, the Raiders. It's gonna be a fun. <coughs> I was giving uh, the sister so much shit because uh, the game's around like 4:25. And uh, I was like, so generally speaking, around 5.15, I'll bring you a box of Kleenex just so you can wipe off all them tears when quarter wow. one rolls around. And it's 21 zero. Man, I hope, I hope when the Raiders win, your sis kept the receipts and talked some I shit. Know, I know. I can't if, wait. If somehow the Raiders win this game, I'm in, I'm in for a world of hurt, man. Yep. Uh, okay, final game, Puma, Bucks versus Cowboys. Uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers travel to uh, Dallas to play the Cowboys 820 on Sunday night. Um, so lots of drama here with Tom Brady this offseason. There's a lot going on, right? 11 <coughs> days away, marriage rumor. He got a new face. Did you see that? All those chiseled bones. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, on the football side of it, man, there's a lot of issues with this Buccaneers team that me as a Brady fan has me concerned. Uh, obviously, the first and foremost is going to be that O-line issue, right? They lost their center and both their guards. Um, and it will take some time for Brady to figure out the protection. I think eventually he'll figure it out. Um, but I actually have, and this is crazy, I have the Cowboys win this game. Just because there's so much going against the Buccaneers right now that, yeah, right now they might not look good. But I think definitely in October they'll figure it out. But the you, you, you basically compound the issues of the offensive line. With the fact that Godwin is still hurt. I mean, he still has a, a brace off that he just finally took off. So we don't know if he's going to be ready to go. You need to uh, you need to basically assimilate two new receivers into the offense with Julio Jones and Russell Gage. And on top of all of that, you got to know Gronk. I mean, Gronk was always a safety blanket for, for Brady. So if you look at it realistically, the one dependable guy he has is Mike Evans. And Mike Evans and him never really got on the same page. So... There's a lot going against the, the, the Buccaneers here, and, and I'm leaning towards the Cowboys winning this game. Um, but the one thing that I do want to point out is this is something that nobody's been talking about, but that Akeem Hicks signing on the defense is a low-key big ad. Like, a lot of people, uh, Hicks came over from Chicago. He's going to be the defensive uh, defensive tackle. And him paired up with Vita Vea, 
White, Lamonte David, like that could be a nasty, nasty front seven. And that secondary is going to need as much help as possible uh, from the front seven because they've been known to get torched. They play very aggressive, ball hawking, um, you know, high risk, high reward kind of defense. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how this defense goes. I understand going to the season, Tom Brady and that offense is probably going to take a few weeks to work out the kinks in the, uh, uh, in the offense. And because of that, I've got the Cowboys winning at the moment. I don't think you're nuts because I got the Cowboys going as well too. I mean, they're they're a two and a half point home dog against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but like, you no, know, Jay, like you hit it on the head with the the offensive line kind of being in shambles and held together by scotch tape and bubble gum. Uh, you know, the, the 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 lack of connection with with uh, with Mike Evans and and honestly, Jay, like I know I know people were excited that like, oh man, Julio Jones is going with Tom Brady. If this was Julio Jones like five years ago, I would be juiced. But like, I mean, there were games where he played for the Tennessee Titans where he had to pretty much be carried off the field by the medical staff. I mean, he's getting up there in age. He had a couple of foot injuries in, in, in Atlanta. And then like the soft tissue injury bug has really been his problem. Like, are are you guys going to get like seven games out of Julio? Like I'm, you know, I'm not trying to throw water on him. Just trying to be in reality land here. I mean, if Chris Godwin is not going to be full go and he does the underneath routes and he's the guy that Tom Brady has the best rapport on in this offense, this is going to be this is going to be a, a bit of an uphill battle on the road against the Dallas Cowboys with his you know with his lack of training camp you know attendance because he was gone for what was it Jay like two three weeks for. You know, personal matter, which, you know, some people said it was like a vacation. Some people said his wife's about to serve him divorce papers, which honestly, as a fellow Brazilian, I know my people. It is not beyond the realm that when he was retired for a month and a half, two months, and he decided to say, you know, F them kids, I'm going back to football. Giselle's like, well, F you, I'm about to kick you to the curb. Dude, what's Giselle's um, problem? What's her problem, dude? Like, let us enjoy Tom Brady. He, he's not he's not going to be, like, playing football for 20 years, Giselle. Just let us have him for four more years. This is why Brady should have married some, like, hillbilly chick from the Midwest. I've been like, yeah, honey, go ahead. Go play football as long as you want. They understand just how important football is to us. Giselle, being from a different culture, doesn't understand just what Tom Brady and football means to us, Puma. Yeah, well, Ugh. you know what? We're not sleeping with Tom, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to leave it at that. We ain't sleeping with Tom. She is, and uh, Tom wants his medicine. Anyways, um, but I'll say this much, though. The Dallas Cowboys offensive mm-hmm. line is not mm-hmm. much better. I yep. mean, they, they they lost, you know, Lyle Collins in free agency. A couple of people retired. Um, Jay, I'm spacing the guy's name. He pretty much blew his knee out without blowing his knee oh, out. Crap. I know you're talking about. I'm spacing to now. But, yeah, that's bringing that uh... – Jason they had to bring guy. in. They had to yeah. dust off Jason Peters. So, mm-hmm. like this offensive line is not the best. We've seen what Ezekiel Elliott looks like when he does not have like a Lyle Collins in the mix, and you know those other stalwarts like the Columbos of the world, the Tyron and, Smith, and the Fredericks. Tyron Smith, yeah. yes, exactly. When Tyron Smith is not in the lineup, you can look it up. His numbers mm-hmm. are worse by damn near two yards per carry. And then you have, like, the Tony Pollard stuff creeping in there. And honestly, with the offense that they're trying to run and how much mileage Ezekiel Elliott has, this offense would probably run a little bit smoother going through Tony Pollard 
but Jerry being Jerry, well, we paid we paid Ezekiel Elliott this much money, and we're going to milk him for every dollar's worth that we got. So we're going to feed him the ball 30 times a game. Like, that, that, that is what, you know, Jerry wants to do, is to make sure that Zeke is still involved in the, in the run game, which I don't think is going to be conducive during the long term. But in this matchup here, I do think there's a good chance I'm going to go with Dallas winning this game. And I'm going to say this too, like on the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line, if they're able to get pushed up in the interior, and I know Diggs has had a rough training camp from the highlight videos that we've seen, but he's a ball hawking cornerback. If Tom is under duress and has to, I'm not saying do a YOLO ball, but it has to make a throw in pressure in Diggs' direction, there's going to be a good chance he's probably going to come up with an interception. And that might be the turning point in the game. I'm going to go with Dallas. They're a two-and-a-half-point dog at home. Give me this. And honestly, season-long, I know this is like just a week one preview, but like if you were to look at like the over-under for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, some books have it juiced to the under. I might lean the under-season total for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's how worried I am about this offensive line and the, the lack of time Tom has been in training camp. And no disrespect to Todd Bowles, and I know Todd Bowles is with the Jets, but we've seen what Todd Bowles is as a coach from time to time. Yeah, That's I, another big I, question I mark. I like the hiring. And, and I said this to you via text, Puma, and uh, I'm surprised that I didn't get more pushback from you, but I was admitting that Tom Brady should have stayed retired. I, I just don't recognize this guy. Who is this guy? Like, there seems to be a lot going on. Like, Tom Brady, to me, was one of those people that wills you to victory, right? He's one of those Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan-esque players that like is all in laser focus, 100%, thinking about football 100% of the time. Like he will win you to victory. But like the, the Tom Brady that I see like in in like press conferences on the field, he looks defeated. He looks like he hates, he hates life. And, and I get it when your marriage seems to be falling apart. And that's all speculation, by the way. I get it when, when all this is happening. I, I, I see what's happening, but I just feel like He's not fully invested. And I, I totally understand. Usually, I'll be the first guy to come at you if you're if you're saying anything negative about Tom Brady. But people that are actually going to bet the under on the win total for the Buccaneers, I would not fault you one bit. Because right now, I'm looking at 10 wins as well. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, last year they won, what, 13 games? Um, you know, people expected to win 13, 14 games, being that elite number one in the conference seed uh, type of territory. But... I think they're going to be in that 9-10 range. Would not be surprised if... Yeah, they'll win the division, but would not be surprised if it's a tough uphill battle in that division for those guys. Now, right. now I, I think with, with Brady, I... Let me ask you this. Do you think this is last year playing football? Oh, I, I think so. I mean, Jay, there were theories that, oh, he went out on vacation and hell. I think he put up a photo that he of him and the kids and, and Giselle going out on... They were out on vacation somewhere. And let's say it was vacation. He comes back. He looks like he'd rather run through downtown Baghdad dressed in a Captain America outfit. Like he did not. He looked like he wanted to be anywhere but Tampa Bay to 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 play football. And it's it, it's like he, uh, I I think he's I think this season is is it. And, you know, people in New England can have that pipe dream of him coming back to Foxborough. <laughs> it's already it's started. Not, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to happen, but I think he's going to be done at the end of the season. And especially since, you know, it's, there were reports coming out about not just tampering with the Dolphins because we can't even cheat, right? But, like, 
his boy, Stephen Ross, a fellow University of Michigan alum, was going to give him an ownership stake in the Miami Dolphins. I think he is going to transition to a ownership role with uh, with an NFL franchise. Yeah, so the latest pipe dream is um, he's going to dump Giselle. That's going to force up a lot. That's going to for that's going to free up a lot of uh, mental stamina for him. He's going to play five more years. And what's going to happen is next year when Tom, when uh, Mac Jones sucks, they'll kick him to the curb and bring Tom Brady back to New England. And it'll be hunky dory three last years, Brady Belichick makeup, greatest sports story of all time. That That's the latest stuff being thrown around up in the cycles up in Boston, bro. Yeah, that's that's comical. And while you were talking, real quick, I was pulling up the uh, you know over under season win totals on DraftKings. The over is eleven and a half I'll plus one twenty five. The under. under is juice to minus one forty five. So a lot of money or, or the books are trying to cover themselves by changing the juice on some of these totals uh, without moving the number so they don't get middled. Uh, but yeah, you want to lay a hundred minus one forty five for the under of eleven and a half. That's what you're looking at at DraftKings right now, and I guarantee you, FanDuel is probably pretty close to the same. Okay, okay. All right, Puma. Well, we spent uh, 59, 60 minutes now on this, on this podcast. Do you have anything else you want to get to, or you want to call it a day? Um, the only thing I got, I'm just gonna rattle off just some of the bets that I yeah, have uh, for. For this uh, for this game, um, so a lot of these numbers, you know, it's kind of where I figured it, and they're also like really good, you know, teaser bet numbers. So with a teaser, you're essentially altered, you know, altering the point spread. So like a good example is the Rams is plus two as a home dog. One of my bets is I am pairing this with the 49ers on a six point teaser. So I am teasing up the Rams to plus eight at home. And I'm teasing the 49ers down to minus one against the Chicago bears. So that's one of my best bets. I got Rams juiced up to eight. I got the 49ers juiced down to one. I I think the 49ers are going to have their way against the Chicago bears. And like I said, I have the bills winning this game, but I have the Rams keeping it close. And if I get, if I can get an eight, you know, an eight point cushion for them to cover. So be it. I'll take that plus eight minus one 49ers. The other one I got, I got the, the dolphins laying three and a half points against the new England Patriots. And another one I'm looking at, I haven't pulled the trigger on this yet. I got the Houston Texans getting seven points. against the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, you know, no disrespect to Matt Ryan and my boy, Frank Wright, but I'm actually kind of high on Davis Mills and, you know, Brandon Cooks uh, for the season. We saw a bit of a connection develop last year. Down the stretch, you know, Davis Mills seemed to show, you know, pretty decent signs of improvement. I mean, one of those games was against the Chargers where, I mean, Jay, you can vouch. You watched the game. Davis Mills was throwing that ball all over the yard around there. So give me the, the Texans getting seven points at home against the uh, the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Yeah, nice, nice, very good, man, very good. Uh, have you had any luck lately, or uh, has it been looking for bets? Well, I know you got into college betting, which is very nice. Oh uh, yeah, college betting. You know, I had a had an okay run. I mean, the, the you know the, the you know with the kids, sometimes the kids are on, sometimes the kids are not on. Um, I have West Virginia. Thank God they covered against Pitt. Um, I, I think I also took the overnight game. I don't think that hit either. But West Virginia came through clutch. 
Um, Wyoming came through clutch plus six. It, it's fun betting college football, but like it's also probably the quickest way I'm going to lose my bankroll uh, betting on college kids. But no, it's it's definitely fun. Uh, definitely had some good luck. I went like three and five for week zero and week one combined. So not like the best, but looking for a rebound spot this week. Got a couple of good games coming up this uh, this week for college football. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But I'm looking forward to just getting back to betting on the NFL. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Good, bet, good bet on the Notre Dame game because uh, we all know C.J. Stroud has uh, something running down his leg in big games. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, good, 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 good looking out talking me out of laying the 16 points. I, I told with, you, uh, man. I, I told you last year. There's something about C.J. Stroud that just screams like he's a front runner, bro. Something about him, man. Something about him. Because now we'll go play Arkansas State. We'll go play Toledo. He'll throw five touchdowns. Everything. Oh my God, he's so awesome. But the second you play like a real tough opponent, he he just he doesn't show up. He doesn't show up, man. All right, real quick, because I know we're up against it. Give me give me a quick thought on if he's like that in in, in college. Is he like I, we all know he's going to go in the first round? What? Why would a team throw the first round pick on them if you know every game is going to be pretty much a big game on Sunday? So, well, wh- they'll they'll why? throw a draft pick at him because he's got the size, he's got the arm, and he's going to put up a lot of numbers. I mean, at Ohio State, when you're surrounded by that talent, you're going to put up numbers. But if you look deeper into it, Puma, there's a reason why Bryce Young. I I always say this, like I always watch. Who your draft class is, who you've come through high school with. Back in the day, it was obviously like Trevor Lawrence and, and Tua and all those guys coming out, right? Um, now you're seeing Bryce Young taking the the mantle from that from the high school class and he's running with it. Because last year he won the the Heisman and he won the national championship. While CJ Stroud was doing what? Losing to Michigan and Oregon at Ohio State with the same amount of talent. I mean let's, let's be real 100 percent Last night the silver I mean a couple nights ago the silver bullets the defense was flying around, give up 10 points. They gave him many opportunities to score the ball. But he just seems off for some reason. And if I'm an NFL team yeah, there's gonna be uh he's not gonna fall. There's gonna be a team that's gonna talk themselves into uh, into taking him. But I'll be one hundred percent with you. I see nothing in his future that, that gives me hope for him to be to be good in the NFL, especially mm-hmm. when he's going to a a top five pick like the Giants or somebody bad like that. You know? Oh, good God! Yep, yep, yep. He's gonna get Alex Smith. Gonna mm-hmm. get <laughs> Alex Smith was he wasn't playing at a powerhouse. He was with Urban Meyer at Utah, mm-hmm. but. Here we go. But, Jay, it's great being back in the saddle. Can't wait to do this. Another 17, 18 weeks plus playoffs. Yes, sir. Let's uh, let's give a couple quick shout-outs to our boy, Freddie. I know he's been waiting for a podcast. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to my boy, Kevin, uh, big Patriots fan on the, on the West Coast. Aaron, the Vikings fan. Hopefully you're listening, brother. And then who else? Who else are we missing here? Hammer time. Hammer time. Hopefully he's doing well. Um, Josh, uh, hopefully Haitian Hudaf's doing well. So just uh, just some of our of our uh, you know staunchest listeners, and we're, we're back. We're ready for an NFL season. Now, now, Jay, I, I gotta I gotta hit a certain Go someone me, with a certain something. Let, let me mute. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yep. Let me turn the mic down. Let me turn. All right. Go for it. Freddy Soliotis, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, same time next week. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye Contios! <laughs>